0: So welcome to Deconstructing Health and Fitness with Chris Wilkins and Elizabeth Hefner. We're going to take a look at a lot of things going on in health and fitness today, and we're going to decide whether or not they're actually useful, whether they apply to you or whether they're really taking you in the wrong direction. So over a decade of coaching, clients led me to believe that the only way for people to experience lasting change is for them to understand their habits and systems they have currently in place and move from there. I apply a scientific approach to that. We change a thing. We look at how it works. We decide if it's working or not, and then we change something else and we repeat. You can't just coach one aspect of health and fitness. You have to coach them all at
1: once. So let's talk our interpersonal relationships and how that affects our uh, behavior and decision making ability and powers and whatnot. So I'm visiting, my parents are moving now to North Carolina where I'm at, and I have not seen them in quite a while because of COVID and I realize now how incredibly triggered I am being around my family (laughs) and how due to stress reaction, I really make some decisions that do not support what I actually want and what feels good and right for me. Mm -hmm. And, and I just kind of fall right back into the, the, the loop and behavior, you know, that you have when you're growing up around your parents and whatnot, whether that be good or bad um, for you, who knows. But for me, it's it's very triggering because both my parents are disabled. So we can't do anything really physically active at all. Um, so I wanted to go on a hike, but then they were like, oh, we want to come to, to Fayetteville because I was going to go to the store. And so I couldn't do my hike. Because I, uh, during the time of COVID, of course, I can't just leave them really anywhere. So I couldn't do my hike. And then um, I just feel exhausted all the time. Because I mostly have to do a lot of physical stuff for them. And I just feel exhausted because of my stress reactions to them. And then I, very uncharacteristically, like the, mo- the morning I woke up. Because I've been staying with them at their Airbnb for the last... Two and a half days, three days, and um, my brother. I guess because he drove them there, so I was with my brother a little. And he, um, I think he had bought like these mini donuts, like a bag of mini donuts, like entomens. Mm-hmm. like not not like normal the convenience things. store crack. Yes, yeah. like not the normal thing that normally is very tempting for me. If someone bought something that was organic and lavender infused donuts, I'd be like, oh hell yeah. But these were like Entenmann's glazed mini donuts, which I often look at and scoff, like, "Ah, I'm going to get something that is like lavender, lemon, orange, poppy seed, like something that's like just crazy and has all these weird ingredients because that's what I like. And I'm like, that's just basic. And I like came downstairs and I like scarfed like five of them and had some coffee. And I and then I was like sitting on the couch feeling very anxious about helping my parents because they're not very physically able. They're not technologically able to really do much. Um and Wait, just you were sitting on the couch
0: like, feeling anxious after the donuts or before the donuts?
1: I think just throughout. The just throughout. Thing. I mean, okay. anytime I think about my parents, I get anxious um, because I, I, mean, I love them very much, but I feel like... I take on uh, I become their agent and I feel like well they can't possibly survive without me and my 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 doing everything for them which is ridiculous because they <laughs> I haven't literally right. f- like physically been in their presence. It's demonstrably um, since, untrue, right? Yeah, it's really yeah. untrue. But at the same time I'm like, well they're not how do they know how to get back to their Airbnb? They don't have a smartphone. We got to get them a map. Got to figure out where to buy a map now and <laughs> And then just like, what if they fall down and like, (laughs) just, you know, just like scarfing down donuts and drinking coffee and just being like, oh yeah, like shove them in, shove them in. And like a panic response, like, like I got to get my food in and almost, I don't know if it's coming from a place of, I just got to like take care of myself real fast, which is apparently scarfing down a bunch of donuts. Uh, I don't understand, but I remember sitting on the couch and just being like, like why did I do that I wasn't even thinking I was just I was just doing like a same stress stress reaction eating
0: let me ask you this did eating the donuts soothe the anxiety did you feel better after you
1: did it yeah
0: okay well that's why you did it right I mean that's like pretty pretty (laughs) cut and dry that one but it's not it's not it's a fix right and you know that and I'm saying this more for the the people who are, are listening now, because we've talked a lot about this kind of recognizing and oh, being yeah. aware of these situations when they pop up and what kind of effect they have on you. You know, PN calls it noticing and naming. And so yeah. like- Which is
1: why I'm list- listing this because this I know is incredibly common for people. This kind well, of it's reaction. Common, but- it-
0: but it's also a really important like, tool in your toolbox for changing behavior is being able to recognize when something like this is happening and potentially mm-hmm. why it's happening. And so that's like big check mark for you. You've done that. Hurrah. You weren't able at this point to forestall the behavior pattern um, yeah. that you're unhappy about, but you were at least able to see it and be like, oh, yeah. shit, here comes the donut tsunami. I see it going <laughs> in my face. I understand yeah. why it is happening. I am not stopping it. Right. And so. And
1: then I also want to, I know we've talked about you're not my food priest. I don't have to admit, like confess my sentence to you. But then yesterday after we, we talked a little yesterday and um, you gave me, you gave me some really good, um, just helpful advice that I don't, it was something like, um,
0: you don't need a food hug. I said,
1: yeah, I don't need a food hug. And I had three servings of ice cream <laughs> and I remember <laughs> I talked. was like eating, um, well, not right after.
0: Right. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's good. I mean, sort of.
1: it wasn't like I went downstairs and I was like fuck that um I do need a food hug I do it was like I had dinner my mom made like really good chicken bean vegetable soup um but it's my family so of course we also put like cheddar cheese all in it Mm -hmm. and and I look. how I said that like isn't that disgraceful isn't that (laughs) disgraceful and then I also had like like a I guess a half a cup of ice cream and then we were watching the office and I was like you know I would feel good having another serving of that ice cream and I was just eating it but very aware like why Why I feel like compulsive I don't eat this ice cream just eat it like I guess I'm shoving it in to shove down my feelings I don't I don't know but it happened after you said I don't need a food hug And I thought, I thought that would give me enough of, you're right. But then I kind of felt like, no, I'm around my parents. I'm really, really, really stressed out and anxious. And I just want things that feel good because I'm like freaked out.
0: Right. And I think, you know, you've summed it up pretty well in the first bit of describing the situation that you did about, you know, you're just generally anxious with your parents because you worry about them because you care about them and you want them to be okay and safe and, you know that's something that's reasonably out of your control most of the time and so yeah. when it is within your control and right in front of you it's like a heightened experience of trying to fix things now because yeah. you know you can't fix them forever and so i mean that's that's one of those things that's worth really kind of taking a look at and seeing how it's working for you like is that actually affecting them for the better this is back to you know okay you can have all these emotions and you can observe them happening and you don't have to act on them. Like this is the most powerful thing ever is you, you literally don't have to, it doesn't mean you won't. <laughs> or that you it will immediately, you won't. right. It'll immediately gain a total power over yourself and be like, I don't have to therefore I don't. But the, the reality is like <laughs> the step between I see these actions, I watch them happen, or I'm sorry, I see these feelings. I watch them happen And then I don't act on them versus I do act on them is the critical step, right? So finding disruptors, finding ways to, when you're, when you've had that first scoop of ice cream, finding a way right then and there, you've recognized the action, you've named it, you know why it's happening, finding a way to disrupt that next pattern is now the next step, right? So what could you have done now in hindsight, what could you have done? between that first scoop of ice cream and that second one to prevent you from getting more?
1: I think for me, a change of environment and obviously getting like distracting myself with something else that I find comforting. Like what? Um, well, after I had that other scoop of ice cream, I went upstairs and then I did work. And then I you know, forgot about eating more ice cream. And mm-hmm. then I just watched a bunch of YouTube videos. I just like laid in bed and I was like, this is so nice. Like just want things to be okay in the world. Yeah. <laughs> in My micro and my macro world. <laughs> right. But so I think I guess I think changing a changing environment would have probably been the best thing to do.
0: Well, it did work. It just didn't happen immediately. Soon enough? Immediately. Because right, otherwise, yeah. well, I mean it's relative. Like, if if you had intended to eat two scoops of ice cream, then it would have happened exactly on time. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> but because you yes. feel like you didn't but want I, to get that didn't. much, right? Then you, it was yeah. it was the right action, potentially. Mm-hmm. But and that means we didn't disrupt the habit loop. Like,
1: oh, because I sat on the couch and didn't change environment.
0: Quick enough, right? But that's okay. okay. I'm not saying like you've got the tools, it's just now honing how to use them. Yeah. So the trigger is like you've got to have that moment, that ability to be like, oh, I would like some more ice cream. Yeah. Right now I want more ice cream. Yeah. Right now I want more ice cream. I know that later I will be mad about more ice cream. So asking yourself what future Liz is going to say about this next action is another tool. What's future lives going to say about this? Yes, I don't want the consequence of this action I'm about to take. Future <laughs> me is going to be mad at me
1: moralizing for Moralizing food like everyone does. Everyone likes to moralize food. Like, you're so bad. You're such a bad person. You had fries. You bad, bad person. Yeah. It's not the same as murder. It's not.
0: I mean, well, I mean, if we want to get really... I guess you could
1: poison someone. <laughs> That's food. Right? And I guess you could eat or is it yourself, really, to death really or yourself. to just really,
0: really slow myrtle. Yeah, it's just slow murder, right? Because if you want to get really extreme, if you want me to put on my food priest hat and go like full <laughs> cult on you, like full you cult could. would be every food decision you make is choosing between life and death, Liz. Oh my God.
1: Every really? food decision. Oh my God, really? Mm-hmm. So I could choose every a food cucumber. You eat
0: that isn't health promoting, is health destroying. <laughs>
1: Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's so healthy. What a healthy attitude to have. Wow. But this is why also is like I'm putting, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The extremes. Um, so it is, I guess it is good. And I should give myself a pat on the back because the first step is recognizing, I guess people say the first step is admitting, But I'm recognizing, I'm recognizing these patterns of like, well, why am I doing this? Why, like, what am I trying to, like, what am I trying to accomplish inside my heart? And uh, recognizing that there are other ways I've been successful in the past to redirect energy behavior so that it actually supports what I actually wanna see happen.
0: Mm. Habit disruption is one of the most important tools, and how you apply it and implement it. it's really critical. And there are situations like what you're describing right now, which is this is a massive trigger situation. There are ingrained patterns and feelings that come with being around certain people, and we all have that. That's yeah. like <laughs>
1: that's yeah. just
0: human interaction 101 <laughs> is like, hey, I see you, you have feelings, I have feelings, we have feelings all over each other, and then shit happens. And so, yeah. like, learning to I guess, for lack of a better word, manipulate that so that everybody is is benefiting to the best of your abilities is mm-hmm. is what you want to implement these tools for, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's things like avoiding seeing your parents is not going to solve the problem.
1: <laughs> well, mom, and dad, right? I'd like to see you, but uh, you but, know, I'm trying to I'm trying to like really focus on my health and well being and my goals. So seeing you just like ruins my life. Sorry. (laughs) I mean,
0: you know, there are people (laughs) where that is actually the correct answer. Sometimes that is the thing to do. I'm not saying it is in this scenario. But if that's not the acceptable answer, then what's the next level? Right? So the next level is, okay, well, I mm -hmm. have to be around you. How can I manipulate or change this environment to disrupt the patterns that I'm not happy about? Can I have a conversation with you about it and let you know I'm struggling? mm -hmm. Can I ask for your help in some way to say like, hey, this is what I would really appreciate if you know we could maybe not go to McDonald's when we get together we could go and you know make some lunch or go for a walk instead you know that's the next level if working with those yeah. people specifically isn't an option because they're for some reason, set on a certain pattern of behavior, then now you've got to take the tools on yourself and say, okay, I'm going to be in this situation. There is going to be ice cream and yummy food and happy feelings. Now what do I do? How do I now then change this so that I don't repeat a pattern? And there's infinite possibilities there. You know, nobody has one right answer. I mean, I can't just write a quick infographic Uh about how to (laughs) disrupt every behavior pattern but what you can do is start the process we're talking about which is this notice it and name it run through the series of options of how you can change it try something out if it doesn't work don't beat yourself up just say okay that wasn't exactly right but i can take this away from it like okay this part of my strategy worked but this part didn't so how do i change it for next time because i know this pattern is going to pick up again or appear again when i see these Mm. people again Yeah, And how do I, how do I change that? Like for you, if it's, you know, that comfort food is a huge part of your family gatherings and you know, there's Mm going to be cheddar cheese in the soup, maybe make sure there is an ice cream in the house too.
1: Just make sure it's not there. Yeah. And I bought that ice cream too. (laughs) My mom, my mom bought an ice cream where I was like, ew, I don't want that. And so, I was like, I'm going to buy dad an ice cream, and it was mostly like, I'm going to buy me an ice cream,
0: right? So that's actually even farther back than when you actually ate the ice cream. There's an opportunity to disrupt. Yeah, you could have left it at mom bought the ice cream she wanted, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And if I'm desperate for ice cream, I'll eat a little bit of that, but not a lot.
1: Yeah, especially since it's not saying I wanted. Right. Um. Yeah, the disrupting behaviors. Um, You know what it really is? It's like, like for food, I think it's like, well, this is like the only comfort and pleasure I'm going to receive right now in the immediate future. So I better get some of that. That's a weird (laughs) question. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Weird questions are great.
0: How often, or how comfortable are you and your family with hugging each other?
1: Pretty comfortable. Okay. We're a huggy family. We're, um, we're yeah, definitely um, a touchy-feely huggy family. And um, so,
0: when you're searching for that comfort, because you just sort of said that when you're around them, you need comfort because you're anxious. Yeah. Have you tried hugging them when you're feeling worried?
1: Sometimes, yeah. And thankfully, they brought their three cats with them. So I've also worked on hugging their cats. So yeah, I could do that. But mostly, it feels like the comfort I want is to like, get away. Mm. You know, to kind of be removed from the situation. Like I'm sure you feel, and most people feel as parents, especially mothers, where it's like, can you please go away and let me be for like an hour? (laughs) It
0: is, there is a push and a pull, right? Of caretaking. And there can definitely be moments where you just need some space for yourself. And so I think maybe assessing how long, like maybe Maybe this might be an option is set yourself like a timer, like a running clock. And every time you notice yourself feeling anxious, like just make a mark on a piece of paper or write the time down. And then later, after you've spent the time that you typically spend with your parents, go back and see how often you have intense feelings of anxiety. Because maybe what you can do is you can establish a routine where, again, you're disrupting behavior patterns right where it's like you feel the anxiety building you're like I'm going to go walk outside around the block I'll be back in 10 minutes and create that space for yourself or maybe it's like you have a threshold of you know I can only spend three hours here or I start to do really very predictable coping behaviors that aren't helping me like if you can help figure out for yourself what that threshold of time is or where those feelings sort of recur then you can start to pinpoint a little bit more where to disrupt, you know, cause okay. like I, I have this with my family. I think we all do with at least some members in our family and I'm actually, you know, we've talked about it a bit, I think previously, but my sister's actually in the hospital right now um, giving birth to her first child and I'm about to go out there for two weeks and, you know, my sister and I get along very well. But two weeks with a newborn baby in an environment that's not mine is going to be stressful. No matter what I do, you know, no matter how that how well it goes, it's baseline going to be stressful for everybody. And I'm already thinking ahead in my head of like, okay, where are my escapes? How do I create this space for myself in this environment? Because I know I know a bit about what this is potentially going to be like I can anticipate some of these environments and so I'm making sure I'm taking my running shoes so it's Mm. like you know I'm going to make sure that I have a minimum number of exercise opportunities so that I can manage my own stress so that I can help those around me and so that's sort of Mm. you know a level one strategy obviously I'm gonna have to adapt it when I get there but it's it's like what can you do in advance? It's this planning and preparing. This is the yeah. big stuff though. And this, this is, is what a lot of people face, you know, is there are
1: caretaking People are like, issues, why are and, they not talking? You know, I don't know. People are like, why are they not talking? We are about talking food, about nutrition. Macros <laughs> and, and exercise. And it's like, well, this, this is really where it's at. <laughs> but these things are what get in the
0: way of people actually creating yeah. that space for themselves. To take mm-hmm. care of themselves, and that's the whole point of this. Is that, yeah, I could write you a program right now. I would, I will write you a program in the next fifteen minutes, Liz. That will get you the results that you want. I am a hundred percent capable of that. But all of my years of experience coaching people says that it, any of this stuff on paper has to translate into actual action. And if you're so uh-huh. spooled up about worrying about people you care about and their well being, your well being will take a back seat and therefore you won't take the actions and that paper will sit there and be a source of shame and and resentment that you're not doing a better job and nobody ever makes quality lasting change by mentally abusing themselves you know
1: i mean that's the wow. old model of fitness i think is that's, like, that's an um, that's stuck stuck an important thing it. to remember Nobody makes quality lasting change by abusing themselves. I bet there's gonna be some people listening who are like, I did, I lost a hundred pounds. No,
0: I mean, okay, there's an amount of discipline and purposeful action is not the same as personal self-abuse and self-hatred. Those are not the same things. And I think that's the misconception, is that in order to make progress, no, you have to shame or guilt or punish that's yourself into it. Lose, but these
1: things, that's what I did to lose a bunch of weight. That's why I guess I was coming from my place where that's exactly what I did to lose 100 pounds. And I was very, very unhappy. And, and
0: <laughs> but that's what thats what the current narrative is, is that you deserve to suffer because of your choices. And obviously, you're in the situation that you're in because of your choices. Therefore, you're a bad person and you should have to feel pain and suffering in order to overcome this. And okay, there is potentially some discomfort in changing and there is some self-discipline that's required in making these changes and there is some, you know, targeted action you have to take, but that doesn't have to be done in a self-destructive way.
1: Wow. It's actually... It can be a game it's like obvious what you're saying but also mind-blowing I don't know how it could be mind-blowing and obvious at the same time but it is it's like wait so I can I do all these things that are kind of hard and take effort but I don't have to be miserable and suffer tremendously huh <laughs> you know no, it's not about
0: suffering and, and it's like no. but it's really hard to break that cycle when you Every time you look at Pinterest or Instagram, you see these influencers who have all of these, you know, motivational quotes up. Like, I don't sweat, I sparkle. Or, you know, I mean, any no. of this stuff really it's be solidifies Twilight this reference. idea that suffering is inherent.
1: Yeah, and like <laughs> like the <laughs> ones where it shows people like bent over about to throw up because they've lifted their weight so hard and they're just like, actually there's one on my Pinterest board that I think says, I don't quit when I'm tired. Like I don't stop when I'm tired. I stop when I'm done.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: When I'm done. When I I'm mean, done. That I'm, can, there's two sides of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of inspirational, but it's depends two sides on which of that, way I'm though. taking it. Yeah. Like, right. Obviously there are times as an example of that train of thought, there are times when I go out for like a hike And I'm like, meh, I'd like to go home now because I'm not really feeling this. But then then part of me, if that's like a habit, if that's a pattern I see with exercise, it's like, well, okay, but you said you were going to do at least three miles. Is there a good reason why you're going home? Right.
0: And there's a difference between holding up,
1: yes, there's
0: the difference between holding up that commitment to yourself and telling yourself you suck because you didn't do it. So I think that's that's the difference. It's it's not in necessarily yeah. fact that those inspirational posters are bad, but it's that the way we read them and apply them to ourselves creates shame. Very like and shame very is good a point. notoriously bad motivator.
1: The... <laughs> yes, and I think that again, I'm just going to repeat what you just said, shame is a notoriously bad motivator and I think that Hopefully enough people are aware of Brene Brown's work on shame and vulnerability that we can all kind of agree that shame doesn't really lead to good things. Guilt is different than shame. Guilt is different.
0: Yes. Guilt is a response to an action that you deep down feel doesn't align with your core belief system. That's different.
1: Yeah. So all really good, all really good points. Um, And I love Like these things that can be very motivational, you don't have to give them up and be like, I'm going to go purge. I'm not going to go delete everything off my Pinterest board and be like, this is all so toxic. It's like, no, it really is. It really is. A lot depends on your attitude, your perspective um, within reason. Of course, there are things, tons of things out there that are very toxic in uh, health and fitness culture, which is the whole point of the show. But um, there's a lot where it's just a perspective shift and tailoring it to what works for you and it's helpful. Yeah. And on that note. On that note, thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. And everyone, yeah, figure out how to disrupt your patterns and we'll check it next week. Cool. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Chris. All right. Bye. Bye, Liz.
0: Hey, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. And I hope that today's episode made you think a little bit about how you could apply some of what we're talking about to yourself and your behaviors. And let us know if you find any of it meaningful. Make sure to tune in for the next episode where we will continue to have somewhat circular conversations that may be helpful.
1: They will be. They will be helpful. <laughs> it's like you take away from them. Well, okay. The more you know.